Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we get to finish Jonah with Jonah chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to Yahweh and said, O Yahweh, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Yahweh, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And Yahweh said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city, and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now Yahweh God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And Yahweh said, You pity the plant, for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. Should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? This is the word of the Lord. Jonah's emotions are on full display in this chapter. He's exceedingly displeased at the beginning, uh, angry at what's going on. We see in the back half of this chapter that he is exceedingly glad over the plant. He's angry enough to die. Uh, no hiding from his emotions here. So that's something to consider. In verse 2, Jonah reveals his true intentions that have been in the course throughout the book. He knew of God's grace and love and mercy, that he was slow to anger. He knew that he would relent from disaster. He did not want to go to Nineveh, not because he was afraid of the Assyrians, but because he knew that the Ninevites would be forgiven, that his enemy would be spared of God's judgment. A question for our families and our children. Can you think of any times in your life that you have not wanted to forgive someone else? Talk about those together. And after you do, pray for God's forgiveness for you and ask for his help in loving and in forgiving others. Jonah says in verse 3 that he would even be, it would be better for him to die than to live. That's how torn up he is in his anger and his wrath and his hatred of this people. If they get to live, I might as well be dead. It's a terrible attitude, but it's part of our sinful nature. This is who we are. We despise our enemies. God responds to him very calmly. Just asks a simple question and then puts it into practice over the next couple of days, actually giving a living example for Jonah to see. 
Jonah goes up on the hill to the east of the city. And he waits. This is like your local movie theater offering you a $5 uh, movie and popcorn. Come see the show and enjoy it. Jonah is waiting to see God destroy Nineveh. He's waiting for a Sodom and Gomorrah level event here to just see God come in and devastate and wipe them out with his righteous judgment, which they truly do deserve. But so does Jonah. And as God often does with the prophets, he brings Jonah's own life into this picture. God gives him a plant. It rises in a day. It provides shade. Jonah loves this thing. And then the next day, God gives a worm that kills the plant. And then God gives a scorching east wind. And Jonah is beaten by the heat of the day. God appointed, back in chapter 1, the great fish. Now here he appoints a plant, a worm, and a scorching east wind. God is in control. God is in control of his creation. God is in control of the things that happen in this world. We can trust in that. Once again, Jonah asks for death. And God confronts him with the reality of it all. Jonah's angry over a plant that he did nothing to care for. It was there one day, it was gone the next. He was angry for those. For that, he cared for that plant. He loved that plant, and he wanted it back. Now, God is pointing that very much as an analogy for Jonah to consider. God made these 120,000 people. God made the animals that are down there as well. Well, Jonah did nothing for that plant. God literally made these, these creatures, and he provides for them. He cares for them. He loves them. And just as, as Jonah didn't want his plant destroyed, neither does God want these people destroyed. If they can, if they will repent, God will lovingly have them back. This is all of us. We are all God's creatures, and the death of Christ on the cross forgives all of our sins. 1 Timothy 2.4, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants us all. He loves us all. He cares for us all. It's hard to know. The text ends here very abruptly. It's hard to know if Jonah repents again or not, or if Jonah ends up going down this path of, of his hatred um, and rebellion against the Lord again. We don't know. The text does not provide. Questions, conversations, families can have together on this. How do we see God in control of creation? How can we trust in God that he will provide for us? What has God made that he loves? How has God shown his love for you? How has God provided for you? How has God shown a desire to save you. These things point us to Christ, as all of the Old Testament scriptures do. Amen.